Yes. It's Nasri. Can he go all the way here? Still Nasri. Looks for a shot Alright, welcome back to this edition of Transatlantic Arsenal. I'm Liam. I'm Mike. And today we are recording after which it was game like like Candy Stripe team, either Stoke or um uh Sunderland or another version of those which was actually Sheffield United. Yes, but they're doing pretty well at the moment. I think that's something to keep in mind. But before we get into what I thought of the game, I'm just gonna hop in with a quick summary of the game. But before I get to that I do need to apologize to everyone. Uh, we had some bit of, some uh, technical issues. Putting the episode out. Yeah, some technical issues. Putting the episode out last week. Um, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, I did repost it, and I thought I had it all working. And um, again, I, I don't know what happened on Apple Podcasts, but it didn't work there because I just checked to try to listen to it again myself, and it didn't work. Uh, on Spotify, it was working. So if that doesn't work, um, or if it doesn't work again in the future, we had someone let us know, so that was awesome. Shout out to that guy. Um, but if it doesn't work in the future, just check back in a couple of days, and uh, I guess check Spotify or any other way, preferably not Apple Podcasts, because that didn't work out too well. Um, but yeah, so sorry about that. That was totally it's, my it's bad. It's the journalistic equivalent of loft in golf. Yeah. Yes, sure. All right, so summary of the game. Um, I mean, Mike, you can kind of jump in wherever you want. But uh, so for me, I thought we struggled a ton early on. Uh, they seemed to control the possession and uh, the chances as well. And we kind of seemed sort of shell, shell shocked to start. Um, and then after that, we kind of countered a few times through Pepe. Uh, he played, he got in behind once after uh, Lacazette cra- or clock pass. I can't speak at the moment. And uh, then he crossed it to Mortinelli, who kind of fluffed his lines. And then another time, uh, Pepe dribbled through and passed it to Mortinelli, who kind of fluffed his lines again. Um, so I'm not sure what it was. Uh, maybe it was Sheffield wising up to our counterattacking ability, but we sort of began to take over and eventually broke through with Mortinelli. Um, we'll talk a little bit about everyone's play in a little, but I mean, he seems to always be in the right spot at the right time. Um, and then I don't recall a whole lot happening. Uh, heading into half, but we definitely came out a, a solid force to begin the second half. Um, straight from the kick, basically, we looked to score. Uh, we almost had an opportunity to play Mortinelli in. Uh, Ozil kind of overplayed the pass. Um, and then we dominated some more. Again, I, just things I can remember standing out was Ozil again had an opportunity to play Mortinelli in and overplayed it, which is things that's not really typical of him. So that was, uh, I think, why it kind of stood out to me. And then uh, Pepe had a phenomenal run uh, that may or may not have been a, a penalty. Uh, well, again, we'll discuss that in a second. Um, and then it was at a point Lacazette came off, uh, Eddie and Kedia came on, and don't know if it has any correlation. I personally have an opinion on it, but it seemed to lose some sort of rhythm from that. Uh, they sort of kind of rebalanced themselves, and then they ultimately scored. And then... We kind of fought it out to the end, had a decent chance off a corner, but just went to their goalkeeper and then ultimately came up short. So for me, I was kind of 
really liking the performance, but didn't love the result. Uh, is that kind of jive with you, Mike, or do you like <clears throat> a little more? No, I mean, obviously, I we're going to get into this, but I, I think if you're an Arsenal fan that's been watching Arsenal under Emery for the last year and a half, um, you, you know, you got to look at that performance, the guts and the determination. And uh, I want to make a reference or two later on about a couple of players, shout out to. <clears throat> but yeah, um, if you couldn't see for the first, actually, you know, let's say the first, you know, 70, 75 minutes, I'm, I'm really going to say that the whole game, and we've got to get into this a little bit later without making this too long, but um, I thought it was a good performance. I thought we were somewhat in control. I thought that uh, defensively, obviously, we still, with the fact that we still got work to do and we still got the same players, um, we've made improvements by leaps and bounds, and that's relative, you know. We don't have a Virgil van Dijk or a, <clears throat> or a you know, a, a team that's played defensively with, you know, Kyle Walker-type wingbacks um, that, that right now we can expect to just immediately jump to the level. So we've got the same team, we've got the same, you know, players, uh, but different tactics different mentality to me, different training methods, hopefully different fitness levels. And I think it's starting to pay dividends. And maybe I'm looking in my rose-colored specs again, but um, I see a lot of good stuff. Yeah, so you met, referenced the fitness levels, and it's something we've talked about, I guess, now like two or three episodes. Um, what was interesting to me and I guess it might have something to do with that kind of change in uh, being shell-shocked, them kind of dominating early, and then us dominating for pretty much the rest of the game. Obviously, it scored, and we kind of fell off a little bit just towards the end. But uh, my original takeaway was that a positive, and this was before they scored, and it's I think it's still a positive, but early, be, while we were winning, I was thinking, wow, you know, it was really nice to see us be able to change the narrative in the game. Um, I know watching the first 10, 20 minutes, I was like, oh, God, this is brutal. Um, are we, are we going to be able to do anything or are we going to have to score off a counter and just kind of defend <clears throat> and defend? And, and I don't think that was really the case. We obviously kind of stemmed and changed the tide through some counterattacking, which is, again, arguable, but that's kind of how I, I saw it. But maybe what it really was is the change in energy. They kind of came out guns blazing, uh, i.e. us versus Chelsea or us versus United. And they didn't, nothing really came of it. And we kind of weathered that storm and then we kind of turned it up. So um, I think that's why we saw kind of a, a better piece or better passage of play for us in the middle part of the game and something that we haven't really seen in the other few games we've played so far. Yeah, and I mean, you've got to add Palace to that too, if you're talking about really good starts. And yes, true. <clears throat> so my, so I think, I, I don't want to wait too long, let's just get to it. My thing is this, since Arteta's taken over, I've seen us, I think, um, as a team that that has not looked like necessarily we were going to lose any game. And we've ended up being pegged back. <clears throat> and we were talking about this earlier. So, um, you know, we said we we're going to talk about this. The, the difference between us 
in the last, say, four games uh, compared to the Emery beginning of the season was that other than the first two games, which, by the way, I went back and, and did some stats and I'll start, try not remember off the top of my head because I forgot the sheet. But um, other than the first two games where I thought we were quite solid, um, we've ne- to me, we've never really looked like we were going to win a game. We are more looking like we were hanging on for a draw. And right now we're looking like we're, and again, this is just my perspective. Tell me if you agree. But right now we look like we're a team that is probably going to win the game and we've been pegged back for a draw. And that's why I'm optimistic about things. That's why I think that things are moving in the right direction. You know, I, I probably agree. Um, I, I think if you like kind of, if it was a, a perfect, um, there's some mathematical term that I should probably know, but basically if it was like a mountain shape and I would say it was probably, it were right now we're probably closer to the, the middle in terms of whether we should win games. I don't think we've You're done enough about right a bell now. Curve. Yeah, sure. A bell curve. That's probably what I was going for. Um, with the middle being, you know, you deserve a draw and the right side being you deserve to win and the left side being, I think you deserve to lose. You know, you, I think you, know, maybe you what do you're have a degree is... in petroleum engineering, right? Have you forgotten about that? There's, yeah. there's a lot of math in your degree, just so you know. So. There's a little bit of math, and you just kind of do it, and then you kind of forget about it. Okay. But my point is, is, I think we're, I agree with you. I think maybe where I disagree of anything is I'm not sure how much in the most recent games we've deserved to win. Uh, but I definitely don't think we've deserved to lose. That's why, like, when I see these draws, I'm not all that upset about it because, kind of to your point, it looks like we're getting closer to deserving to win, just not there yet. That's kind of, I guess, my response to you. Yeah, well, if your bell curve is in the middle, is going to be draw. Uh, I agree 100%. It's a great, it's a great analogy. You're, we've been on the, on the, Gonna lose, but may draw side of the bell curve for a long time, and now we're on the side of the gonna win, but drew. So I mean, that's a big difference because you got the whole gonna lose, but didn't <laughs> to take it. <laughs> I'm laughing at this, yeah. But then you got the whole could win, but didn't, and so yeah. that's a big difference. And, and I see it, yeah. and I'm happy about it, and I'm laughing because yeah. I, I think it's fun because I think that's that's a great <laughs> analogy. Really, uh, it's a good way to describe it. Um, and so I'm going to kind of go through our losses have been horrendous, except for one, which so we lost to Brighton. As far as I remember, we got out and played. I watched the game. I was in a bit of a stupor, but I don't remember us me ever thinking we could beat them. We got annihilated by City, Liverpool. Um, we got beat by uh, comfortably by Leicester. So those three. Um, and then there was one other. Def- oh, Sheffield United, which I think we were thoroughly outplayed. Uh, so out of five, those five out of those six losses, we were just basically never going to win the games. And then we played Chelsea, and we had a Lenoism. Otherwise, I really think we would have won that game. I really think. Yeah. And you and I talked about it. So, so you could almost say that was a three-point swing because I think without that, that you know horrendous mistake Leno made, we probably would have gone on to win that game. And then you look at the six wins we've had, <clears throat> and they've all been pretty solid, uh, really, except for Villa. And Villa, we scored two late goals. 
Um, and if you want to do statistics, you could say, well, you know, maybe there's two points that we gain that we may not have gained. Um, I think, you know, we were always good for a draw, but uh, to score two goals in the last eight, eight or nine minutes was pretty good. <clears throat> so if you're looking at that, you, you can say Chelsea, possibly three points lost. Villa, maybe two points gained. So that's kind of a wash. But when you go down the 11 draws that we've had, we're 2-0 up against uh, Palace. No, 1-0 up against Palace. We're 2-0 up at Watford. We were 2-0 down against Spurs, but at a goal disallowed by VAR. Uh, we were 2-0 up against somebody else. Help, help me here. Palace? Away? No, Palace at home. 2-0 in 10 minutes and didn't win that game. And anyway, when I went down that analysis, I think there was um, there was 10 points lost from winning positions, uh, of which uh, out of those 10 points that we lost, no, we, we've lost more than 10 points. Uh, we've lost 14 points from winning positions and 10 points of those I feel like you reasonably could have expected us to win the games. So you're talking about one there and then 10. So you're talking about an 11-point difference. Actually, it was 13, so I haven't got the stat in front of me. But but ultimately, the ones again, the ones under Emery, um, we were ahead and we were clinging on. And I didn't necessarily think we were good for those points. Uh, and so my whole bigger point is this. <clears throat> if you took the same positions where we got ahead, 1-0, 2-0, and now you start to look at how we've been playing during these games uh, under Arteta, I say, stick my neck out and say, we are hugely more likely to have capitalised on those winning positions than we were, were under Emery. And I know that sounds dumb because we've just given up a point against Sheffield United, or two points, but I thought we were, again, unlucky. Like It was a deflected shot. It's a great shot. But another deflection yeah. that looped over the keeper, which is really starting to irritate me because it keeps happening to us. Um, but in the context of the season, maybe it's a, it's it's not a big deal because I keep like watching these games and thinking, oh god, you know, we drew again. But our league is done. I mean, and unless something amazing happens, like we talked about last week, we're not going to get in the top four, right? So our real our season really hinges on the Europa League. Um. And the league almost seems to me now like a practice range, you know, where we can just yeah. kind of, kind of just get that whole dynamic going. And I like what I'm seeing. I like it. It's yeah. positive, which we're sort of looking better, right? Yeah, and I think we, we kind of agree in that sense. And I think you know, like you just said, I think this is all practice for the Europa League. We're just trying to get better, and it's a bit of a loser's mentality. But I think. That might be it looking from the outside, but from within and where we've come from, as Arsenal fans, we've watched every game to this point for the most part, um, knowing how bad it, it got. At right now, I think you know we're seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and we just want to keep building to get there. Well, well, let's talk also about um, the team on, sat on Saturday. Uh, basically, Arvin uh, and Bernd Leno, like a completely new team, right? I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen those players play for Arsenal for a long time. I mean, yeah. if you didn't have the names on the back of the shirts, you would have seriously looked at those players and thought, oh, we've made 10 new signings on the outfield. Well, In the second half. 
Well, with the possum was exceptional legacy. No, no, but even then, you know, like so we yeah, we were under the cosh. You know, Sheffield United went there, came to us with nothing to lose, right? They're ahead of us, they're kind of cruising. If they got beat four nil, nobody would have said, Oh my god, you know, Arsenal beat I mean, they're kind of freewheeling, right? The pressure's on us, we're at home. And they did a really good job, I think, of 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 uh you know, utilizing that that position to just attack us. And, you know, knowing we're also a little bit defensively weak. And in the in the event, I thought we actually weathered the storm quite well. I mean, they really should have scored from that one corner, I guess. But Yeah, no, that was probably my biggest positive of the game was that we did weather the storm really well. We didn't concede right. and then we, we ended up scoring. And that's exactly that what you've nice. been saying. And I'm saying to you that that when you look at that team, we weren't attacking with fluency by any means because we were on yeah. But the team shape was really pretty decent, and and um, was also I was also talking about. Oh, I wasn't talking about. This. I was thinking about this, and I wanted to talk to you about this on the pod about the uh, the whole team shape, right? So, how? I'm 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 not. I don't want to say this. I want you to tell me. Um, probably after 25 minutes, we started to get a little bit more of the ball. Maybe 30 minutes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When we were going forward, what did you see about our team shape? I don't know if you saw the same thing I did, but but let's just say that we're going forward and, and the ball's in there third. Where where are we? Who's who's where on the field generally? Uh, I don't think this is what you're looking for, but from what I remember seeing, I think Ozil kind of dropped and roamed a little closer to our two mid center midfielders. And Lacazette even dropped a bit, and the two wingers kind of moved more up the field. That's kind of what I started to pick up on. Well, maybe um, from, att- from attacking five or six, but if you looked at our back four, which really what I was seeing, and I saw this over and over and over again, so if anyone listening agrees with me, I saw our, our wing backs pushing out wide, both Saka. And Maitland-Niles giving us a lot of width. And I saw Xhaka dropping into the left side of a three-man defense. And if you go back and look at the game, you'll see this over and over again. You've got, you got uh, Luis in the middle, you've got Xhaka on the left, and you've got Mustafi on the right. And when, we're, when we don't have the ball, that's our formation. Watch Xhaka. He, he does it over and over and over again. He backs up Saka on that left side. And he, when, when we're like, even when we were pushing the ball across the back, if you think about this, trying to remember it, but when the ball went from Luis to, to the right, it went to Mustafi. But anytime it went left from Luis, it, it didn't go to Saka, it went to Xhaka. And he played in there, you know, pretty much every time we were in, we were going forward. Jacker seemed to just peel off and drop back into sort of a left-sided defender. And I like it. I like the formation. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, I could remember Saka going forward quite a bit. I don't remember, and this is not your point. I think your point was just in the setup when we had the ball in their third of the field or their half. Um, but I don't remember Maitland-Niles getting forward very much at all. And so maybe that is kind of your point, is that I don't remember Torreira doing that, or at least you didn't reference that. And Torreira is playing on the right side, relatively. 
And so maybe he's not filling that role. And uh, maybe that's why Maitland Niles doesn't feel comfortable going forward. And maybe it's because uh, he's got Pepe in front of him as opposed to Martinelli, whatever it is. But I think that's an interesting observation. Well, that's exactly, I think that's, that is a good point because I think that, that what, what Maitland Niles is doing is, is playing behind Pepe, very seldom getting you know, in front of him or overlapping. And, and I actually think Pepe actually didn't like that either. I think he, he had some issues with that. A couple of times the ball went to him on his left foot out on the touchline. And I think he would have been a lot more comfortable with Maitland-Niles overlapping, um, yeah. which is why he tends to just push that ball back into the midfield. But mm-hmm. our left side was much more dynamic. And maybe it was, like I said, and I didn't think of it, but you now you pointed out you could be exactly right that, that you know we're much more dynamic than a left because we've got Xhaka dropping into left back. Um, but it was definitely left left back of a three-man back four because I can tell you right now, Maitland Niles was was not deep when we were when we had the ball. He wasn't overlapping Pepe, but he was yeah. pushing up and supporting him. And yeah. Torreira was kind of in that more in the middle. So we almost rotated from a back four. Um, to, back to a back three when we had the ball. And then when we were yeah. defending, we were a back four with two defensive midfielders, which to me is a no-brainer. I mean, I just think that's great coaching, but I honestly think it's fairly fundamental too, you know? Yeah. I just, yeah. And obviously, the quicker the, the ball moves between transition, between defense and attack, the harder it is to to keep that shape. So that's why Liverpool is just so great here because they just seem to be so fluid. Um, and Sheffield United, to be fair, with them, are very, very fluid as well because they don't care whether you're a centre-back or a left winger. They have spaces on the field they want to fill with personnel and they don't care whether you're, you know, you're a left-back. If you're supposed to be left-back, but, you, but you know, you're a right-winger at that point, they just rotate in and everybody fills their spot. And eventually they regain their regular shape. Yeah, so now we've got a bunch of tactics talking and with no like demonstration. So we're going to move on to something that's a little more tangible. And you mentioned that Pepe can't, comes inside a lot and likes to kind of move it back inside towards the midfield. And I agree with that completely. However, I did want to point out that it seemed like Pepe went to his went to kind of cross with his right foot quite a bit more. And when I mean quite a bit more, I think he did it like two or three times. Yeah, but he shanked one. It's like, yeah. And they were all pretty bad, but the one to uh, Mortonelli was solid. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I was reading a few tweets and it's like someone said uh, for the 70 million or 80 million we paid for him, we've received a fairly raw player. And I think it's just like, you know, the transition to the new game, being a different country and all that. But I do think that some of that statement is true. And I think his right foot is very, very raw. And so that was nice to see him trusting it. So now hopefully he trusts it in practice and he starts to kind of work on it more because I know it sounds ridiculous to the average person. How can you be a professional footballer and not be able to know how to use both feet? And I mean... I don't know. I'm not going to act like I played at some level, but I didn't know how to use my left foot until like two years before I stopped playing the game. So relatively for him, his opposite foot maybe is... Say what? 
boy. <laughs> I always thought your left foot was just for standing on, but go on. But... Oh, he got good at the end. <laughs> All right. So I think he's more of a rat player myself instead of raw. And rat, rat is rat. R A T. That means Robin and Thierry. That's who he is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if anyone saw that on Twitter, I mean, you obviously heard it. But yeah, that's, I guess, Mike's thing now for uh, for Pepe. It's kiss of death. But, uh, go on. Yeah. All right, so I've got some general observations. I just want to quickly go through them and then see how you respond to them. So, uh, sort of kind of negative. My two things are same old crap defending. I think that one was just in the heat of the moment, not very happy. And then... Seems like a new desire to prevent crosses being played in, which was later edited to until, which I guess means that there was absolutely no desire to prevent the cross being played in on their goal. Um, But for the most part, I thought that I saw that. Did you see anything like that? What's the statistics say? Because I think I saw they had 15 crosses. Uh, I think a lot of teams have had 15 crosses against us in the first half of most games. So statistically, you might be right. Um, yeah, I didn't do that research. Maybe I should have. No, but uh, it's just something I thought I kind of picked up on. Well, and obviously they're a team, especially with that Mick, Mick whatever his name is up front, McBurney. Yeah. Who seems like a half-decent please another Peter Crouch. Um, but, you know, you, you would imagine if I was Chris Wilder, I'd be saying get the ball in the box and... Let's see if we can get Mustafi to foul him or Luis to, you know, handle the ball or something. But, uh, you know, I, I think they were, they're decent in the air, especially on corners. So um, I think the desire to stop crosses was better. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the goal, uh, whether we should have stopped the cross. I'm assuming we should have. I feel we should have. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Sorry. So um, I don't remember, uh, but I do, yeah, I do remember a concerted effort to stop crosses. Um, Also, um, for the goal, I want to put this on the record, uh, the deflected shot that loops over Leno, um, which is the, was it it Tammy Abraham or did he just poke his in the corner? Uh, somebody else has just looped one over Leno recently. And, you know, those they've got to stop going in. I mean, surely, at some point, we're going to have a little bit of a break, or am I just whining? Uh, the most pessimistic of people might just say you only remember the ones that don't go in. It's a very Tottenham thing. You know, Harry Kane... Uh, seems to score a lot of deflected goals. Well, you only remember the ones that go in. Yeah, that's what. But, that's what I knew that's what you meant. But. Anyway, um, I think my, I don't actually remember the cross being the thing that needed to be closed down. But I think it was the shot, in my opinion, that I felt could have been closed down quicker and more appropriately by Maitland Niles. I think he just kind of not jogged out there, but I think he could have gotten out there a bit quicker and then he just kind of turned well, his back yeah, to him. To be fair, he was the one who was challenged for the header and he got beat in the air, which I actually thought he won the header, but didn't. That Fleck beat him in the air. And so that ball went down and he had to, he had to then, after jumping for the header, turn around and run out to try and block the shot. And the guy hit it first time. So I don't know. I, I 
kind of disagree. I, I'd like to. Yeah, well, may, maybe people can chime in on that. I, I just remember specifically thinking that I watched it back and I was like, oh, that wasn't, it didn't seem too determined there. And I think I remember thinking that specifically as they could have gone 2 1 up at one point and we just had two fantastic blocks that were nice to see. Right. And I just remember thinking, well, if we had done that there, we could have just been 1 0 up. Uh, but it, it might have been very harsh. So, I mean, people can comment on that. All right. Well, let's talk about this then in that, in that connection, which is how we finished the game, which I thought, um, for about 80 minutes for sure. So, you know, we talked about the first 20, 25. We were a little rocky. Um, some of that, I do believe, was kind of like, uh, I, I don't want to say by design. I want to say that Arteta's teaching them, hopefully, look, you know, if a team comes flying at you, just let them. I mean, count, punch, counter punch, you know. Let's defend as a unit and let's see if we can hit them on the break. Once they get a little wary of us on the break, Maybe, you know, that's the best way. Obviously, I say the best way of, to defend is attack. So uh, I thought that it may have almost gone to plan in terms of it's kind of sad that, you know, we let Sheffield United come to our ground and, and we, we want to play on a counter-attack. But, you know, I, I think sometimes you just play the game the way you find it. So let's hope, let's hope that that was somewhat by design. But I thought for the 20-ish through 80, we knocked the ball around quite well. And and we talked about this earlier before the pod. So we're definitely, I think we 100% agree on it, just put this on a record. We are we are definitely working on our fitness levels as a team, yes or no? Absolutely. It just has to be. I think that's what's being done right now. Right. So the, let's say we've gone from, you know, running 11K, which Mezit generally did in every game, at, 60% to running 9K at 100%, which is a lot harder for anybody that knows. I mean, I'm sure most people who listen to this. So, you, you know, you run at 100%, it's so much harder to run for longer. So so I think that's a part of our focus. And so I think that what I saw during the game, because we were zipping the ball around, we were good on the counter, and then we kind of had a spell, five, ten minutes, first half twice second half at least twice, maybe three times, where we just went back to that knocking the ball kind of very pedantically across the back and pushing it and then knocking it back and giving it to the keeper. And I felt like that was partly tactical too, to say, look, we're not at that point yet where we can go 100% um, for 90 minutes. You know, Let's slow the game down a little bit. I think even a commentator said at one point, Arsenal have got this game more back to their pace, which back in the last year and a half, or actually three and a half, four and a half years, would have been a bad thing. But I still, I'm, 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 again, I've got my Rose Club specs on, but I'm thinking this is part of saying, look, you know, we're, we're, we're on a road to a certain level we want to hit, but we ain't, we ain't there yet. We're probably not even closer, I'm assuming. And no. so we need to manage our game in a certain aspect, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to, you know, we get, when we do turn it on, we're turning it on a hundred percent. But maybe for certain periods of the game, we need to control it. And without harping on, which I'm doing, uh, I thought we ran them pretty hard, and they got a little tired. Am I wrong about? Yeah, that? they definitely did get tired. I agree completely. 
So, um, I, I, you know, when they scored, I was absolutely shocked. I mean, not I tell you, I would have thought they scored was from a header, from a corner, or from a cross and just a straight up header. Um, the manner of their goal, it shocked me a little bit. I, I really didn't think that they were going to score. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's just pretty dumb. No offense, because we are a team that's very likely let someone score. But I don't think that's your point. I think your point is that you think that there's something new going on as opposed to what most of this season has been as a disaster and you're kind of wondering what's going to go wrong next. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, to be, to be honest, we, sh- yeah, we should be looking for that as fans. But, but you know, at my age, with as long as I've been watching Arsenal, uh, I, I, think, I think we've been relatively good in this part about talking about what we actually see and then bringing in our kind of gut feeling to to say, yeah, you know, we're seeing this and we think that. And so on my last point on this, because I've talked quite a bit in the last couple of minutes, but I want to say this and I want to say this for everybody that's listening. I'm still not a big Granite Xhaka fan, <clears throat> but I thought he was really good uh, yes, yesterday. And he gave away that typical Xhaka foul towards the end of the game. <clears throat> and I talked to Liam about this earlier. And the the, the right back for them, I can't remember what his name was, which begins with B, he pushed it by him and Jack had just brought him down. And in itself, you know, it was I think it was 89 minutes. It was 1-1. It's a bad free kick to give away. You just don't want to give that free kick away where they can sling the ball in. But the the other flip side of that, the flip side of that was if, if he lets the guy go, he's basically gone down the right-hand side, cutting into the box, looking for uh, somebody to score. And I felt like that epitomised what we've always said about Xhaka, which is his lax athleticism, and he just isn't quite sharp enough to be a really good defensive midfielder. Kante, for example, would have just probably just run the guy down and won the ball. But where I thought that I was okay with it, 100% okay with it actually, was that he had given so much during the game that I could see him being tired. And I think that's what we're seeing with David Luiz, who we've given a hard time to, and Mustafi, who we've given a hard time to, and even Maitland-Niles, and definitely Torreira, and Pepe, and Aubameyang when he's playing, and Lacazette, who got taken off, and you're right, he did swing the game. And Ozil, who just made four or five tackles again yesterday. I think he made more tackles yesterday than he's made in the entire four years that he's been, or five years he's been with, or ten, six years, or whatever it is. And so the, these little things mean a lot to us as fans. And so, you know, I think if you if you want to look for positives, the signs are there. Yeah. And while you, know, you just kind of touched on it, while you're being um, talking about a guy that we have kind of been down on, I'm going to talk about a guy that I've always been up on who's going through a rough patch, and you just referenced him as Lacazette. Anyone listening, I don't know what you guys think, but for me... He hasn't scored in what is long. So I think it was seven, seven games. six games going in. Seven, yeah, six, seven, yeah. and the, so it's seven now. Yeah. Um, I think he's providing something right now that people may not realize. And that's probably an easy way of saying uh, that I like a guy and I can't tell you what he's doing good right now. So I'm going to say he's doing something that you can't see. But I genuinely do believe that. He's doing things that you can't, or that the normal, the average fan may not be able to see. 
for reference, I think he holds the ball up a lot better than people give him credit for. I think we saw that when Eddie came on. He's younger. He's got plenty of time to improve. I'm not saying anything bad about him, but I don't remember him really holding the ball up very well or very much. And I think that kind of contributed to them getting a little bit more on the ball and kind of changing the dynamic of the game. And then another thing I'll reference is him playing Pepe in behind for that chance that Martinelli had. Um, if we score there, people are going to look like look at Lacazette and be like, wow, that was a great pass. And there's a great ball by Pepe and it's all good. So I do want to say that I'm going to stick up for a guy while he's still struggling and I've stuck up from a couple episodes in a row now. And I just think maybe he's not the best for us long term. If we want to hold on to Aubameyang, we want to get two wingers in the system and move him centrally. But right now, um, I'm standing up for him. I've got, got a question for you, just real quick on that. So, uh, against uh, Palace, if I'm, wrong, if I'm right, he got put through and almost fell over the ball. Kind of stumbled on it. It was, should have been a one-on-one, and he, and he just, his legs just went from under him. I thought yesterday... Uh, I think that was the United game. Eh, I'm not sure. I think yesterday Pretty positive it was. he had a couple of times where uh, Ozil and Jacker and even, I think, Saka played him in into pretty good positions. Actually, Torreira maybe as well. Uh, in, in, the, in the hole between the midfield and the defence. And he turned and he, he played passes <coughs> that were um, okay. Uh, in the second half, I'm normally I'm more referencing... A uh, couple of times, didn't get the pass off. A couple of times, a little bit behind the guy, a little bit short or whatever. <clears throat> if if what we're talking about, this development of this team, is predominantly based on fitness levels, do you think there's a possibility that he's just running so hard during training and he's running... And and his legs are just not there yet, and that and that he's not, you know, you know how hard it is when your legs are dead, and you're just yeah. into a game, and you just you just can't get that touch that you need. Um, yeah, you know, is it possible that that he's just taking a longer term aspect, and Arteta is too? Look, this guy, we just got. Uh, plus, he hasn't been fit really all season. He's just starting to get back to his. He hasn't had a, a long run of fitness. Uh, you know, maybe we got to balance that too. Is that you got to look at him as as a player that he works so hard. I mean, he runs and runs and runs. That you know, Arteta is saying to him, "Hey, you know, you're a horse, man. You you, you should be running this. You're you know, you're a a, a, a grand national horse. You're not a derby horse, and we're going to make you that. But you but you're going to have some transition where." You know, when you do get the ball and you're tired and it's towards the end of a game, second half, and you've run your legs off, that you know you got to develop this touch. So, I, it, it, in agreeing with you, what I'm saying is, is I'm, I'm optimistic about Lagazette. I think Lagazette's got a lot more to come, and I just see him. I always told you I thought he was a bit of a headless chicken, and he's the polar opposite right now. He seems to be in control of his thoughts, but not his body. Whereas before, his body was just just running amok, but he didn't seem to be able to control his thoughts. Um, so I, I like him. I, I think he's got potential too. I, I think he he is a, a good player. And I think that what Arteta is going to get out of him is a longer term result. 
Yeah, and just to quickly respond to you, I think that's definitely a possibility because I think, as we've mentioned now a few times, I think they are running more. I think that there's a more of attention being paid to fitness right now. But that being said, I think he's just lacking confidence. So whenever he does get the opportunity right now, it's just not going in. And I also believe that there's a bit of him that has changed under Arteta. I, I just, for some reason, I just believe that. And I think the reason I believe that is because against Palace, we scored off of his assist. And this weekend, we could have scored off of his pass to Pepe and it would have gone to Mortnelli. I think he's just playing a bit of a different role and I could be completely wrong on that. But uh, that's just my, my quick thoughts. It's not so quick anymore, but that was my thoughts on Lacazette. And then finally, people are probably screaming, you bufflers haven't even gotten to the most important part. Uh, we had a penalty incident where we, one of us thinks we should have gotten a penalty and the other one thinks we shouldn't. Um, I'll take my stance on that. I would have felt, if I was a uh, United Sheffield United fan, I would have been a little bit peeved had that been given a penalty. Mike, you disagree. Why do you disagree? Well, I don't 100% disagree. I, I just disagree in a sense that I've seen a lot of them given. And you can look at Zaha and you can look at um, uh, Deli Ali, Harry Kane. Uh, these guys are just getting that call, you know, more than they're not. Uh, if you try it 10 times and you get it called twice, it's still twice, you know. Uh, yeah. They're not getting booked for it. I don't, I don't think Pepe in any way dived. I think he went over the guy's leg. Uh, in a pure, uh, I know what you're talking about. In the purest sense of the game, you'd like to see refs just say, "You know what, guys, we're not giving that." Yeah, it's it's a, it's technically a foul, but the defender really can't get out of the way. You, you're quick and you've just knocked the ball by him. But you know what? There's another defender within a yard who just took the ball off you anyway. So, who was going to get it regardless? Right. I actually think I don't think the defender. I think the defender could have gotten out of the way. So I kind of disagree with that statement there. But I think, and that's probably where it's getting to this gray area. I think if a guy is going to lose the ball regardless, I don't really care if he got fouled. But um, some people will disagree. And I think you're absolutely spot on whenever you say that it's been called plenty of other times the other way. And if that's what people want to say and that's where they want to argue it, then that's fine with me. I just think looking at it for what it is, and I, I like to do that with penalties. Um, I just think it would have been soft, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm all right with it. I mean, I, I do think, like I said, in the, in the, technically, based on VAR, um, it could have been given. Uh, we've seen them given against us. We've had a few for us, to be fair. So um, I just didn't feel like that was that big of a deal in terms of the game. That's why I, I really haven't mentioned it, because... I thought overall we were pretty good and <coughs> getting better. And that's really what I care about. Yeah, that's really what I care about. And I think if a City fan is watching that game or a Liverpool fan is watching that game, probably thinking, well, if they're watching it as a fan of us, they might think, oh, well, this, we're just not creating enough chances. And ultimately, that's what I think it comes down to because if that was our best opportunity to score, we've still got some strides to make. However, I think we can both be correct in thinking that we're making strides. So we've just got a few ways to go. Um, do you have anything else to add before I kind of just wrap this up with Chelsea? Um, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to um, Saka. 
Foley was outstanding. Okay, I think that, yeah, I agree. That's a good <laughs> and, shout out. And for a 2019, 20 year old, whatever he is, I thought he had a great game. Um, and I also want to, because uh, we had talked about this a little bit earlier too, just mention Martinelli, um, who had a, a much less of an impact. I think he scored a great goal, by the way, being in the right place at the right time. So that's very important as a striker. Um, but he struggled during the game to impose himself. Um, and again, honestly, honestly, you know, I didn't talk to you about this, but uh, but I am thinking, you know, maybe he's struggling with fitness too because the last time we applauded him as about playing well, it was in a game where basically nobody else ran real hard and our team was very, very uh, pedestrian. And then Martinelli was just a breath of fresh air with how much work he put in with reference Gunduzi before too and what he mm-hmm. brought to the team, which was basically just a lot of running and effort. I think we've moved on a little bit now. We're a team now that's starting to to want players to play football and the running part of it is going to be incorporated into But no longer a guy who just runs around and puts the effort in is a star of our team anymore. Um, and maybe Martinelli is learning, you know, from Pep, some other... I mean, Pep, I, I call it Pep Light. Um, from pet like that, that there's other aspects of the game, but but maybe also he's working so hard in training that you know he didn't look. I mean, he worked really hard. Don't get me wrong. There, there was a couple of times he closed the ball down on left on that on our left flank uh, by just sprinting across and not giving a guy a lane to go you know down the down the line. But uh, you know, I've seen him run a little harder or appear to run a little harder. Um, and maybe he's a little tired too. So let's just do this. Let's just say that, um, and I'm going to stick my neck out and say this, over the next five games, we may see a little more of this stuff where we just can't consistently deliver over a period of a game. But the the last 10 games, I'm excited to see what we're going to be doing. I really am. And and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that some of this stuff is going to start to pay off. Yeah. All right. Last quick thing I want to get in here. Um, I referenced it a little bit, but Ozil's final product seemed to be off. Um, He played two balls and they were too long. Again, that's not really characteristic of him. Um, Something that I think is very uncharacteristic of him that I did want to mention is that he, he actually, he worked really hard and he won the ball back like at least three or four times. I can remember. So I kind of want to applaud there. and I think that's going to be it for this episode. We play Chelsea Tuesday, correct? Yep. Away? Yep. I think we're going to win 5-0. <laughs> well, I do want to get just a 30-second response to this question. Um, we played Chelsea. We dominated them. Then they dominated us. I thought it's, it was his first real game in charge uh, in his new young career. Second. Um, Arteta, I don't think... He handled whatever it was. Uh, I don't think he handled their changes that Lampard put in very well. Um, so I guess my question is, will he be able to counter whatever Lampard did in that game, assuming it, it is the same way that he goes about it? Which, if I'm Lampard, I'd probably do because it pretty much stifled us completely. Well, he figure it out. And again, that was one of the ones where I put uh, at three-point loss was, if you remember that game, Jorginho should have been off the field. Uh, when he ended yeah, up scoring. Uh, so, yeah, he brought Jorginho on, right, and changed his formation. 
and Jorginho ends up scoring a goal and uh, should have been sent off. And, and I, I don't think there's any shadow of a doubt about it. I think maybe one of ours, maybe Xhaka, should have been possibly sent off too. I can't remember if it was Gunduzi or somebody, but I think it was Gunduzi. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, um, we'll be 4-0 up. And I think that Arteta will be able to weather whatever Lampard changes. So we might win 5-2. I think 5-0 might be a little bit. Yeah, it might take- All right, so you got you got your solid prediction there. Didn't answer my question a whole lot. But uh, we'll find out. Again, Chelsea Tuesday. I think that's going to do it for us. And uh, we'll talk to you guys after that game. Thank you. All right. Good night.